Welcome and thank you for visiting the Straight Talk Podcast. We're talking wealth, finance, real estate. We're coming from a tell it like it is, keep it simple, help me understand, and give it to me straight approach. I'm Greg Coward, a guy who's been working on the front lines of finance and real estate now for 20 years. We're going to help you save money, point you in the right direction, keep it fun and keep it real. Thanks for joining. Let's roll. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, welcome, listener. I have no earthly idea how this is happening, but I appreciate you letting the electrons and neutrons flow through the world and listening to me um, on whatever device you're listening today. This is Greg Cowart, and I appreciate you joining us on the Straight Talk podcast where we talk about wealth and real estate. Uh, Definitely check out some of our other episodes. We've got some good stuff out there, and I hope you Hope you enjoy it. Uh, Super excited about today's topic. Um, This podcast is designed to go along with all of our budgeting sheets, the personal family budget on our website at either thecowartteam.com or gregcowart.com. Just go over to forms and you'll see everything we're talking about. So the idea here today is to talk about probably what's the most critical piece of wealth building, of personal wealth, which is why we're doing this podcast, which is chopping wood, which is doing a monthly budget. All right, guys, check this out. What percentage of Americans cannot come up with $1,000 in an emergency situation? (whistles) That's probably patented. I probably can't do that, but there's your music. All right, here we go. It's a 56%. 56% of American families could not come up with $1,000 if blank happened. Super high heating bill, broken leg, car in a fender bender. That's the number. Here's another one. 70% of Americans don't have $1,000 in savings. Kind of similar concepts and real similar numbers, but... We've got a real shortage of discipline regarding personal budgeting and personal family monthly budget. And look, if you, if I know it's tempting to just turn it off right now and say, look, eh, this is not the most fun topic. I, I understand, but it's chopping wood. It's the basics of building wealth. I have a front row seat to the struggles that Americans families have with the personal budget. I am a mortgage guy. Um, Last month, January, we had 132 families introduced to us. I'm not talking about internet leads or Zillow leads. I'm talking, hey, call Greg and the Coward team. They're great. 132. And I've got people looking at me saying, Greg, what do you think I can afford on a house? I'm looking at everything. I'm looking at their credit report, their asset statements. I'm looking at their income. 132 just last month. And I've been doing this for over 20 years. So I have a front row seat that I don't answer how much you can qualify. I mean, I do. I answer how much you can qualify for based on the guidelines, but guys, mortgage lenders can qualify you for probably a lot more, not probably a lot more than what you should buy. So don't look at me. The response when someone says that is, well, what does your budget show you you can afford? And here it comes. Well, I don't have a budget. 
I do get a lot of, I kind of keep a budget in my head. I get a lot of that. I get some, I have no idea. And I'll tell you, I, I just feel like maybe one in 10 of the families I'm talking to, and I'm talking all income levels, sit down as a family and do their monthly budget. So thank you for being here. Thank you for sticking with me. I am going to be your self-appointed coach during today's podcast. And if you care to walk with me on the journey, we can make a real difference in building personal wealth. You know, guys, it's, it's, it's discipline. So Coach Greg, here we go. I'm going to give you a couple things. A budget is not telling your money where, excuse me, a budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. That's one. Number two. Don't save what is left after you spend. Instead, spend what is left after you save. If you don't get serious about your money, you will never have serious money. Money, like emotions, is something that you must control to keep your life on track for the future you envision. Budgeting, it's the most vulnerable form of honesty. You must admit what you actually have, what you actually want, where you're going to spend your money and make choices. And guys, you cannot out earn not having financial discipline. One of the 132 folks, I think he's over 900 a year. Doesn't have a lot to show for it. You cannot out-earn not having financial discipline. That shocked me over the years. The amount of incomes I see with the amount of lack of savings. So, you know, if you're at 45 grand, I'm telling you, you can kick butt if you do a monthly personal budget. So guys, progress versus perfection. Every journey starts with a first step. Chop wood, one of my favorite things. Every month, around the first of the month, do your personal budget. Now, I am not very disciplined. I can be, but I'm just not. I'm like a rebel inside. I don't want to do what I'm supposed to do. But one of the things that qualifies me to teach this class today is I can proudly say I can go show you a personal budget for almost 10 years with almost no months missed. This is something I have taken seriously, not because I wanted to, but because I joined a coaching program. It's called The Core. They coach realtors and mortgage folks. Amazing coaching program changed my life. And as a part of being in The Core, you had to turn in your monthly budget every month. And guess what they did? They showed everybody everyone else's budget. Like 500 people. You could go see it. They tracked everything, how much you saved, how much you spent, how much you donated to, to, to charity. And the budget that I'm going to share with you, for the most part, is the budget that the core talk, uh, taught me. And this budget, I mean, even the head of the core, I mean, a man that makes millions of dollars a year did this budget every month, the exact same sheet I'm going to show you. So a lot of times when I talk to families, I'm like, do you have personal budget? They say, well, I don't know where to start. I don't, I don't, where do I start? And I realize that really a lot of folks get stuck because they don't have a good spreadsheet to start with. 
And really the truth is the spreadsheet's about the most simple spreadsheet in the world. So go to gregcowart.com or thecowartteam.com and just pull it down right there. Is it the best? I don't know. Is it the worst? No, it, it works. A lot of wealthy people use this form. And just start chopping wood. Take that first step on that journey. So what we're going to do today is we're going to walk you through what you're going to do every month. This podcast is meant to accompany the spreadsheet and some of the Word documents that just show you kind of here's, the, here's how to do it. So we'll kind of walk through it. Um, let's start off with a fear of zero. So this budget is set up conceptually that at the beginning of the month, on the first, you're going to claim what you're going to spend for the month. And then anything left over, you're going to move into a different account. Again, write it down, add it up. And if, you, if you're fortunate enough to have money left over, you're going to move it to a different account. If you add it all up and it's more than what you made, congratulations. You got to make some choices. You got to cut some things. But either way, at the first of the month, you're going to have only so much in your monthly bills account. And that's what we're going to call it. We're not going to call it checking or savings, really. It's just your monthly bills account. That's where your debit card comes out of. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? If you spend it all, boom, you go to zero. It's that fear of zero that makes you not overspend. I do very well every month. I've worked hard for 20 years. I've had good success for maybe the past seven. And I'm telling you, every month, my wife and I are really afraid to run our debit card at Target or at the grocery store because we're wondering, have we overspent? Is there enough money in there? Normal, by the way, because it's, it's the fear of zero that makes you say, well, maybe I shouldn't. If I didn't claim it, I'm not going to spend it. Now, I have taught the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace class. Wonderful class. Very disciplined. Very conservative. And I highly recommend it. This is not that. This is much less rigorous, much less disciplined. And that's okay. Because I think I kind of felt like that class isn't for everybody. It, it sets such high standards that it's just really hard to live up to them. And I kind of come from an approach of sometimes great is the enemy of good. So if we can just do an okay job with the personal budget, you guys, I'm better than 70% of Americans who don't even have a thousand bucks. Thanks for being here. I can get you in the above 70% in only two, three months. I promise by using these forms. So fear of zero is where we're going to start. Um, let's start maybe with where to start. So basically each month you're going to move over any additional money into an account called an overdraft emergency account. Go to your bank. If your bank charges you for accounts, go to a different bank. They shouldn't. Most banks don't. So create a second account. Yeah, it's a checking account, savings account. It really doesn't matter. You're going to name it your overdraft slash emergency account. So you got your debit card account and you've got your overdraft account. And your first job is to save a thousand bucks. Does it take you a month? Does it take you six months? Doesn't matter. Just moving a little bit over every month 
and you're doing your personal budget on the beginning of the month. So that's two accounts you're going to use. You're going to have a monthly bills account and you're going to have a overdraft emergency account, probably checking some sort of checking account. Now you're going to then, after you've saved a thousand, you're going to create another account. So now you got three. And this next account is going to most likely be a savings account. And we're going to call this a reserves account, reserve savings account. After we build the $1,000 overdraft, we're always going to keep a thousand in there. Now guys, if you're in target on the 29th and you swipe and you overspend, that money is going to come out of your overdraft account. And typically you're not fined for it. So you wouldn't incur a penalty. It just moves over. And guess what? The next month, first thing you got to do is write down to fill it back up. We leave it at a thousand bucks. You should not be overspending more than a thousand bucks. So there's a little safety net built in for bad behavior or just stuff that comes up. So we've got the monthly bills, debit card account. We've got your emergency account. And third, we've got your three months reserves or your savings account. Now what we're trying to do here is we're slowly trying to build up three months worth of our income, our monthly income. And don't let that scare you. Just start trying to work towards number one. Okay. Just start trying to work towards first get to a thousand and then get to one month savings. And eventually we'll get to three. All right. So another question we sometimes get is, well, where, where should I save first? You know, what's most important? Well, we just said first, you're going to save towards your overdraft, your emergency thousand bucks. Next, you're going to try to get to one month survival funds. Okay. So if you make a net of four grand a year, a month, you're going to try to get to four grand. Now, after you've done that, you've got a good safety net built. Now I want you to shift your focus to credit card debt. That would be third credit with credit card debt. You're going to use what we call the debt snowball. Hopefully you've heard of it, but if you've got three cards, pick the one with the smallest balance card one, I pay a hundred card two. I pay 50 card three. I pay 50 overpay that one card as much as you ha- can. Once you've gotten your overdraft account done. And once you've got your one month of survivals, excuse me, one month of reserves. Now you're going to try to pay off as quick as you can that lowest credit card balance. So let's say I can get to 300 bucks that first month. Boom, hit it. Second month, 400. Boom, hit it. Third month, 400 again. Boom, it's gone. Now I'm going to take that 400, 300, or 50, whatever it is, and we're going to attack the second biggest credit card. And now we're going to put 500 towards it or 200 towards it. And we're going to keep hammering it. We are not going to save any more money until we take care of all the credit cards. But with the debt snowball, you'd be surprised because all you're doing is you're spending the same amount, but you're laser focusing it on one card. The other cards, you're just paying the minimum payment. And guess what happens? Card number one goes away. Holy crap. I did it. I'm better than 70% of Americans. I've got one month of income in the bank. I just got rid of a credit card. Holy crap. I've four months in a row sat down and kind of done the budget. I haven't been perfect. Greg told me not to sweat it because great. 
is the enemy of good. And I'm already better than probably 90% of Americans because I'm sitting down once a month and looking at what I'm going to spend. So the third thing you're going to do is pay off your credit cards. Now, what do you do? You now work to get to three months of reserves. You already had one. Now we're going to start savings towards even a bigger cushion. Three months of reserves. The reserves is just a fancy word for what you bring in once uh, every month. Whatever that is, times three, that's what you're trying to get to in that third account, that savings account that's called your reserve account. Once you've gotten that done, now you're going to pivot over to your work. If you're lucky enough to have a 401k, be sure you max that out. As we're talking in 2024, I think that number is somewhere around $19,000 a year. Some employers match, some don't, but it's, it's tax-free. Um, it's, you put it in before taxes come out. So pretty much if you're taxed at 30%, 35%, like most Americans, instead of that $100 you might put in really being 70 because they took out taxes, the $100, all 100 bucks goes in. You're basically getting a 30% extra boost. So remember, every journey starts with a first step. I've gone through what you should do for savings for the first five steps. There's more, but it turns out like, where do I save first? There's some good guidance there. You know, might some pro tell me I've got these slightly out of order? Maybe, but I just feel like just progress versus perfection. All right, let's pivot back to the accounts you're going to need. We talked about your debit card account. Your, um, we talked about your emergency overdraft. We've talked about your reserves account. Um, the, the, the other account can kind of be tough. You know, as we talk to people about earning money, not everybody is on a salary or an hourly wage. Waiters, truck drivers, commission people, salespeople, self-employed people. These people have irregular incomes, cyclical, seasonal, good month, bad month. And it really makes budgeting tough. Now, the three months reserves really helps because you've got a little bit of cushion there where you can pull from it when you need to and then fill it back up when times are good. But the fourth type of account you might want to set up, and this one becomes optional, is something called an on-deck account. So let me explain to you how this works. I'm a mortgage guy. My income goes all over the place. And we're currently in February. But the money I'm spending in February, I'm not earning in February. I'm spending in February the money I earned in January. And when I earned the money in January, I didn't spend it. In fact, I made my company deposit my money into a separate account. And I named it on deck. It's technically a checking account, but who cares? So when my money comes in, it goes over to the side. And then on the first, I look at how much I have. I do my budget. And then I move the money out of the on deck account into my debit spending account. Every month, this is how I do it. Well, Greg, that sounds great. I can see how that works because it gives you a little bit of space where you're not always spending what you're earning. And even if you're a W-2 or hourly, I would encourage you to try to work towards this. But here's the challenge. First, you got to get ahead. You got to get enough money saved where you're not living off the paycheck coming at the end of the week or the paycheck coming in two weeks. And that takes some time. So this on deck account, I want you to work to get there eventually, especially if you're commissioned, a realtor, something like that, where the, it can be real irregular income. 
there's months I can see that I'm going to have to live tight because I knew two months ago when I was earning the money, this is going to be a low month. But luckily, you have plenty of time to see it coming and you've got some, um, you know, some money on the side. All right. So we've talked about why I'm qualified to help you. We've talked about how I learned this budget. We've talked about the fear of zero and that we move the money over at the beginning of the month. And that's what we got to live off of. We've talked about what kind of accounts to set up. A couple other things, and then we'll kind of look at the spreadsheet if you don't, if you don't mind. Um, I want you to, and, and these are just some other general guidance. Eventually, you want to get your credit cards down. I do credit for a living. I know credit really well. You do not need a ton of credit cards. You really need about two. For those of you who spend everything on a credit card because you can get some extra miles, this budgeting philosophy tells you don't. It's too easy. You're going to overspend. It's not worth the miles. So you would need to move away from that model. You need two credit cards. My coaches and my budgeting have told me to limit how much the bank lets me give, to argue with the credit card company. No, I don't want a $20,000 limit. I want it at five. So the ideally, we want two credit cards with never more than five grand on them. If you run a business, one can be a business card, one can be a personal, one can be a family card, one can be a couple's card. Do it however, but you really don't need more than two. A couple other things. Cars. Buy a used car, one to two years old, keep it for five to six years, do it all over again. Get a 30-year mortgage. Don't get a 15 and a 10. They are amazing tools. Get a 15 and a 10-year mortgage later in life. Typically, I, I'm maybe 40, 45. If you can afford a 10 or 15-year mortgage, that's when you do it. When you're starting off, just get in a 30-year mortgage couple other tips. Stay away from whole life insurance. It is an amazing product. I get it. The wealthy use it. It's got tons of tax advantages. But for most people, we don't need it. Let your investments be investments. Let your life insurance be life insurance. Term life insurance is very cheap. Stick with term life insurance. A couple other things you'll see we teach. S&P index fund. It's the S&P 500. It's the 500 best or largest companies. And they're no load. They're basically these index funds that you can buy with minimal upcharges and your money just moves with the top 500 companies in the United States. So typically this coaching uh, company would tell you, stay away from mutual funds, stay away from con complex stuff. Just put your money in the S&P. It is crazy how the S&P has performed over time. It's one of the most consistent performers. And it's true that most financial advisors struggle to consistently outperform the S&P 500. So anyway, just a couple tips. All right, guys, open up the spreadsheet. We're making great progress here. Let's take a look at the family budget. You're going to see that column number one is yours to play with. Edit away. Call each of one of your bills, whatever you want. You know, one month you might have dog grooming. The next month you might not. One month you might have to repair your home or your apartment. The next month not. One month you might need a TV. The next month not. But it's got typical stuff, medical Restaurant, electric, cable, student loans, credit cards, auto, house. Make it your own. Look at the bottom. The budget set up for 12 months. And it tracks during the year. So how much you've saved, you get to look at it. Column one is yours to play with. I do kind of copy and paste it every month because it's mostly the same and then I edit it. 
but everyone in my month looks different. Now, guys, I want to give you some good news now. It is okay to have a bill called cash. I do it. I do not want you watching every red cent unless you want to. But man, go talk to the part, your partner if you have a partner and tell them you're going to start doing a personal family budget and watch the reaction. I don't want someone monitoring every dollar I spend. And so the way I'm going to teach you the budget, it's fine. Call it 200 bucks and just call it cash. And really that 200 is that random stuff you buy. You know, the bag of chips when you go get some gas, whatever it is. So it is perfectly fine to set up a little bit of extra room through something called a cash account. I would encourage you to do it. It keeps spouses and partners from freaking out. And it keeps the budget much more realistic because you're not going to watch every red cent. So the cash number gives you that playground if you need it. And you can make it as big or small as you want. By the way, I brought up one of the biggest challenges to budgeting. Who you live with. It's a big deal. Oftentimes I see one that wants to do it and one that doesn't. The family budget does not work unless both people play ball. It can kind of work, and there are couples, married couples, non-married, who run their money somewhat separate, and you could do that where we contribute to a, a separate joint account. I see that all the time, and you could in that situation run it. You could build wealth. Your partner probably won't, and I'm okay with that, but typically what I see is one of the couple, one of the partners, does the budget every month and then shares it with the other. Hey. Sweetie, come on over. Around 11, if you got a minute, I'd love to show you the budget for the month. What am I missing? What are your thoughts? So that's the way I've seen it work the best. But, you know, if, if your partner doesn't want to do this, then you just got to do it on your own and do your best. Because remember, great's the enemy of good. 70% of Americans don't have a thousand bucks. Just even taking one step, you're going to be so much better. All right, column one, those are your bills. Column two, cool number, it's called survival number. And this mostly stays the same, but I'll give you an example. Lunch is out. If, if I had a really bad month, could I take my lunches out to zero? I certainly could. Clothing. If I had a real bad month or a couple real bad months, could I erase my clothing budget? Yes. I would not have to be nude when I left the house. I would have clothing. may not be the greatest, but I could handle it for four months. The survival number is where you're writing down only the bills that you must pay if it got real ugly. Well, Greg, would a car? Probably for most people, car stays in the survival number. Groceries? Yes, you got to eat. Gas? Mm-hmm. But maybe it comes down. Groceries? Uh, sure, but maybe down. Restaurants? Probably not. That should be zero on your survival number. You could survive for a month without going out to eat. And I'll tell you, in the coaching program, over time as you save money, your survival number goes down because you've got to pay your credit card bill at 50 bucks a month. But once you pay it off, that's gone. Eventually, you could even pay off one of your cars. That makes the survival number go down. We call it survival number because I like to refer to it also as the freedom number. 
if you could get your survival number down to four grand, three grand, five grand, whatever it is, that gives you the freedom to know that if something came up, you're going to be okay. And when you take survival number and then you take your reserves, hopefully it will show you that potentially you could live three, four months if something really bad came up. And guys, the reason to personal budget is peace of mind. It's peace. I think about people that (laughs) constantly checking their phone. Do I have enough money? Where can I move stuff from? With this budget system, you do not do that. You do the budget on the first and you can look at it again on the 15th. If you're one of these people that gets paid twice a month, you basically kind of do it twice. But you plan everything out on the first. And then on the on the 15th, you check in. You make sure the money's where it should be. You double check and you move on. You do not check your checking account all the time in this budget system. Now, you can look to see how you're doing and whether you're getting ready to hit zero because zero is scary. But I don't want you checking it all the time. You don't need to. Column three is in green. This is just what you're going to spend each month. Column three is really the real one where this is how much my car bill is. This is how much I'm saving for dog food. This is how much my water bill is. That's column three. Column four, um, I really like it. This is monthly savings. So let's say you throw an extra 500 bucks towards your credit card. You would put that in column three, but you would also put it in column four because here's where you're bragging. Here's where you're saying, look, that's 500 that I put towards my future. And I do, there's a lot of debate on this, but I do allow overpayment of car loans, overpayment of credit cards to go in column four, amount saved each month. 401k money, you put it in column four. Money in overdraft, you put it in column four. And this budget down at the bottom tracks percentage of income saved. And that is so fun. Now, remember, you're doing your budget every month. And at the bottom, look at the bottom there. You're actually looking at your gross net worth. You're seeing what you have versus what you owe. And for most people, it's going to be negative to start off. Every journey starts with the first step. Over time, it will go positive. I promise. I promise. Keep chopping wood. It's going to go positive. And so column four is a real motivating column because you can have months, whether you make 45 grand or 145 grand, where you could get up to 20% of your net earnings saved. And it really is motivating when you see that number. Um, column five, column five is going to be just where you can put in some notes, like what day it's due, what the balance is on your auto loan. And then column six, that's going to be where you write down how much money you make. And really in the bottom of column six, that's your net income for the month. That's what you've got to live off of. And the bottom of column six and the bottom of column three have to match. Because you're going to see down at the bottom, that's your savings. That's your overdraft refill. That's your retirement account. That's your three months reserve. That's your 401k. That's other savings. So that goes in column three. That's money going out. And if you make 10 grand a month, you're going to spend 10 grand a month. Doesn't mean you spend it all. Some of it could go to a savings account. But once you finish your budget, it's column six and column three are going to match. And then you just go move your money around. For me, I move my money from my on deck into my checking. I move my money, the right amount of money then out of my checking into a savings, if depending upon what I'm going to save. And this is what it looks like. 
every month. How long does it take? I typically wait till the weekends just because I get home tired. And I, I think it takes about one and a half hours. The more you do it, the better. And guys, at first, you don't have to be great at it. In fact, put an hour and a half in the first month. And if it's not done, just be done with it. Progress versus perfection. You've done better than most Americans because you're attempting to do a monthly budget. All right. So I hope that helped. We covered a lot today. Let me see. I'm trying to keep these things down to about 25 minutes and we're just hitting 30. So we talked about how much to save and in what order. We walked you through first save this, second save this, third save this. We talked about how to save, which is basically doing a budget, trying to work to pay things off and have a little left over and then just put it somewhere safe. We talked about paying ourselves at the beginning of the month and the power of going to zero. We talked about the different accounts you're going to want to set up, gave you a couple tips on how many credit cards do I have? What kind of mortgage do I get? What kind of insurance do I get? Um, talked about the concept of survival number and how that really equals freedom. And over time you want to get your survival number down as far as you can. I'd love to hear your feedback. How'd I do? Does this feel crazy confusing? We want the podcast to go along with the budgeting sheets, be able to listen to this. It's like I'm hanging out with you. It's like we're hanging out. I'm in your ear, walking you through it. You've got my email address right there on my uh, website. Feel free. There's nothing that makes me happier than helping people with these sheets. And you know, my favorite thing is like when someone's like, well, Greg, I, I disagree with this. I'm going to do it this way. Hell yeah. I won. You're budgeting and you're making budgeting work for you. Sure. Take this just as a launching pad. If you don't like something that we said, make it your own. I've done that. This budget is not the same that Core taught me. I've evolved it over time. I've taught this a bunch. I'll tell you, if you come work with me, everybody on my team is heavily encouraged to do this. Well, Greg, that's not your business. Oh, it absolutely isn't. But I run a small business. And here's what I will tell you. Financially stressed employees don't perform as well. Emotionally healthy, financially unhealthy employees, they take great care of my customers and their clients because they're not as stressed. So it is my business. And I love teaching it. And I love seeing people build wealth over time. Guys, it's always the easy stuff. It's always the basics. Want to get strong? Show up each day and lift a couple weights. Want to feel more healthy? Be aware of what you eat. And personal budgeting is the same thing. Want to build wealth? Start off by doing a monthly personal budget. It's going to take about an hour and a half out of your day. And it's going to make such a difference over time. Love to hear your success stories. Love to hear your questions. You can reach out to me anytime. This is Greg Cowart, gregcowart.com. My information's right there. And I wish you all the best. Oh, one last thing. Go to my website. You're going to see that we teach this on a Zoom class every other month. So every other month, go to the website. You're going to see when it is. Typically, we're doing it on a Wednesday night around 630. That's what tends to work best for folks. Zoom on in. Come on in. And um, we'll teach this again. You can come on in, give people feedback. There's going to be somebody that's above you. There's going to be somebody that's under you. And it's just a great chance to talk about what's working and what's not working in budgeting. Hey, I hope this makes a difference. I hope it's helpful. Is it perfect? No, but it's a place to start. All the best. This is Greg Cowart signing off. 
Have a great day and good luck with your personal budget. Talk soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Straight Talk Podcast. I hope it's been time well spent. Do you have questions, topics you'd like to see me cover, want to connect? Just reach out to me, gregcowart.com. Now go make it a great day.